Welcome to another episode of Sizzle and Quiddy. I am one of your co-hosts, Samuel Finlay, aka Sizzle. Sitting across from me via Zoom is... It's your boy, guys. I'm back. Quinny, it's been a while. We're back for a bit of some fancy talk this week. I'm Kane. Let's get into it. Yeah, we're back for a special edition episode of the podcast this week. We've got our fantasy uh, expert, a fantasy uh, man that we, we like to call up and talk all things football, a little bit of NBA last time, but it is none other than Taylor Goodall. Tay, how are you going? Yeah, it's your better boy, TG, just uh, dropping in the house. Sorry, SQ. Um, That's all right. Yeah, oh, good. You probably you probably built me up too much, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it, boys. I, I love doing this stuff, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get into it. Yeah, we love having our fantasy correspondent on uh, Taylor Goodall to talk some to fantasy football. We've got a big episode uh, in store, so we might just jump straight into it. No messing about. Uh, you know, this has been a pretty wild NFL season, obviously because of COVID. Uh, you know, there's been all sorts of injuries, as you'd know, Tay, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that throughout this podcast. Before we jump into fantasy, I just wanted to focus on the NFL season in general. So, as I said, it's been a very interesting season so far. Who, who do we have at the top of our list for, for that Super Bowl? Uh, because, you know, it's creeping up. Like, we're in the better end of the, the season right now. Um, who do you guys have? Maybe uh, you can kick us off, Tay. Yeah, so I actually liked the Steelers before the season started. Um, I actually picked Big Ben to win the MVP at the start of the year, and that was obviously wow. because... I actually thought the team was going to take a massive step forward from quack, quack, duck, duck Hodges and fucking Mason Red Nose Rudolph as their starting QBs. And <laughs> their, their, their defense is elite. And with Big Ben, they're, they're more than adequate enough to actually score the points they need to. So um, I actually had them at the start of the year and I, I haven't seen any reason to actually sort of pivot off them. I know Big Ben's just been uh, added to that COVID list, but I mean... From what everything I've seen, they normally come back a week or two later. And being 8-0, I, I just can't go away from them. Uh, Chiefs have been coasting. But I think the winner of the AFC Championship game, which I expect to be Chiefs and Steelers, will decide the Super Bowl winner because I really don't like the NFC teams. So that's where I'd start. Yeah, Quinny, what about yourself? We know you're a massive Saints fan. Are you going to be biased here or are you going to um, give us an honest answer? Oh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not that biased. <laughs> but uh, I know for me, I think AFC-wise, I think it's hard to look past the Chiefs. Man, they got Mahomes. He's on fire. Like, his stats have been ridiculous this year. He's only thrown one interception to about 24 or 25 touchdowns. He's putting in the work. Again, they're cruising like you said, Tay. But you know what? I kind of like the look of the Bills at the moment. Big fan of the Bills. I think they're really strong. They've got a good defense. I think Josh Allen is arguably almost in the MVP conversation at the moment, the way that he's been playing. And the fact that they just pretty much got over the line against the Seahawks, what a high-scoring game that was. But Josh Allen just stepped up and Russell Wilson kind of went the opposite of that. So I think for me, I'm, I'm reckon it's going to be probably Chiefs-Bills, AFC. That's probably going to be my tip. But, you know, NFC, I'm a big NFC man. I live and breathe the Saints. I want to, like, you know, <laughs> be that biased. But, you know, we just beat the Bucks, who everybody was talking about as, like, the Super Bowl favorites a few weeks ago. And we just gave them the business. And, you know, Michael Thomas is back. Emmanuel Sanders is now off the COVID list. Breeze is starting to cook up a bit. But it's hard, you know. Like, you know, you've got the Packers there. Aaron Rodgers always gets the job done. He's still solid. They're always going to get the job, you know. Devontae Adams, he's a beast. But I think for me, NFC, I'm just going to throw it out there. I reckon it's got to be Saints, 
uh, Seahawks. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I knew the Saints would be there somewhere or another. Can't turn it down. <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 can't... I, like how, I like the bias of you taking the Saints. I didn't take the Titans and they're 6-2. and two. <laughs> I, I, if, it, if anything, that just proves how bad the NFC is. Because if the Titans were in the NFC, I'd be all over them. But it's just so hard to go away from those top two, I said. Yeah, I, I think that I'm a bit the same. Like, I think Pittsburgh and the Chiefs, I think whoever comes out of the AFC for me uh, is, I think, is going to ultimately win it. Uh, I mean, like you said, like Pittsburgh, they haven't lost a game yet. And that defense, I mean, Quinny, you'd know you've got them in fantasy. They've probably won you a few weeks. You know, purely... they, they were rubbish this week, but well, yeah. the week before, they were pretty good. Yeah. Against Dallas, which was interesting. I Shocking. thought that was going to be. I couldn't believe it. I was yeah, like, this is a lock. I was like, yeah, but they've got a great day. You're not wrong. Yeah, but and you know they've got uh, like some receivers that you know Juju, although he's been a bit up and down, like he is handy when they need him. Chase Claypool, like he just sort of came out of nowhere and it's been unbelievable. If you managed to get him off the waiver wire, I don't think either of us did. Uh, you know, you'd be cheering right now. And then you know they've got they've got some good running backs there. You know, they sort of have that obviously led by Connor, but it's almost like a bit of a committee there. Um, and they're just you know moving the chains and, and winning games with Big Ben. Um, back as their, their QB after that uh, season he had last year on the sidelines. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh and, and the Chiefs are, are my two sort of picks. I think whoever comes out of that, I still probably would lean towards the Chiefs though. I just think in in the playoffs, in uh, you know a close game, I like Mahomes and that offense. I mean, you know what he can do with those players around him is just incredible. It's been incredible to watch. So yeah, I, I think that. Also- Sorry, mate. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, there. go for it. I also, I also really respect what Mike Tolman does as a coach. Mm. I had the, the year he had last year to have to put up with those absolute oh. sacks of shit at QB, it, and to still go off. The, I can't remember their exact record, but they just missed the playoffs by fucking bees dick. And they are, are such a good defense, and all they needed was just a guy that could actually find some of these wide receivers like half the time like Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph were so bad and they still just missed out on the playoffs there was always that step forward for this team and Tomlin is such a great coach like having to put up with what he did last year I, I really see them I've actually got them as the slight favourite as I mentioned over the Chiefs because like push comes to shove Mahomes is going to have to get pressured by all that defence from the Steelers I know he's the best quarterback in the league by an absolute mile but I really like the Steelers this year, and like I said, there's nothing to show me different. What about what about dark horses? Like someone who maybe they're not going to win it, but you think will make a bit of noise? You know, some of those teams that are maybe just sitting on that that playoff um, position edge um, at the moment. Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, my, there's my bias. I mean, they showed yeah. last year that if you've got a ridiculously good running game in Derek Yeti, who gets better as the winter comes in America. Like, as soon as it gets a bit cold, everyone slips off him and he just goes for 250 yards every game. Um, they, they have a very playoff-friendly team. Um, they don't need a bunch of great wide receivers and Tannehill gets enough done that, you know, you get the running game going and they proved last year that they can take down a hot team like the Ravens and they took down Buddy the Dynasty at Buddy Patriots. So, uh, like, I know it's a little bit of bias, but I think there's still a chance to sort of peek their way into that. Um, I've also got another team that I really like coming late, but I'll uh, mention them later. So I'll let SQ go next. SQ, Dark Horse? Yeah, I think for me, Dark Horse, I'm thinking about the Miami Dolphins. 
They're slowly yeah, ticking along. It. Yeah. They're five and three, I think, at the moment. I think yeah, they're on a roll. Second to the AFC East. Um, Tua's playing. He's only, okay, he's played two games, and his first game wasn't as great. But his second game, he showed a lot of promise. You know, they've got some good receivers. They've got a decent running back as well. They've got a decent tight end. Their D's a lot better than I thought it would be. And obviously, their coach is really, really good. So I think their coach is awesome. What's his name? Flores, is it? Yeah, Flores. Flores. I reckon he is an outstanding coach considering how much, you know, the Dolphins were so bad last year. They were just like a garbage team. Like, they were just, everyone's like, these guys suck. He's turned them around completely and they're competitive. They play hard. Like, I think they're creeping up on teams. And then, you know, New England aren't looking as good anymore. Mm. So I feel like not Miami are ticking it over. Yeah, yeah they're a mess. Sorry, I keep jumping on you. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Cut that shit out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Even from a fantasy and real-life perspective, I remember looking early in the preseason, and they were actually one of those defenses that I saw as a huge improver because they they drafted really well on the defensive side, and obviously they got tour on the offensive side for later. But they were that team that everyone last year in fantasy sort of picked out to sort of stream against. Whereas I really didn't think they were going to be that team this year where you streamed against Miami. I thought they were going to get better and better every week because they got a lot of young guys and guys that they drafted highly in that defensive side. So they really worked it well to, to become more of a contender. And I honestly think they're a massive chance of winning that division, like SQ mentioned. They're, they're, they're an absolute huge chance because the Patriots are gone. The Jets are the Jets. Um, all they're really battling against is the Bills. So... They're a massive contender in that division. Yeah, I agree with that as well. The team that I've sort of got as a dark horse and they actually played against Miami and Miami got the better of them, that's the Cardinals. They've been, I mean, they probably should have won against Miami, I think, you know, uh, coming down to that that uh, field goal at the end there. But I've really liked Kyler Murray. I was super high on him at the start of the year. I, you know, tr- even traded for you uh, in our uh. league, Tay, uh, for him there. So, yeah, you know, that offense has proven to be really good. I mean, Hopkins, he started, he's getting better every game, getting more uh, used to playing with someone like Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, they've got that, that double-edged uh, backfield with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds as well. And, uh, you know, Kyler Murray has proven he can use his legs. And he, he's proving to be this year's Lamar Jackson, I guess, when it comes to uh, running, running the ball. Yeah, thanks, Sizzle. I was in a great mood until that. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to MVP. You know, Quinny, you sort of mentioned it earlier there as well. It's been a bit of a, a close race. You know, Russell Wilson, he was sort of the favourite for a while there. Mahomes is obviously in that conversation. Who do you guys have as MVP if you were to pick it um, today? Quinny, maybe you start here. Yeah, so like I said before, um, I was very high on Josh Allen as a sneaky MVP candidate, just the way that he's been playing. But I think, again, I think it's hard to look past Patrick Mahomes. He's been outstanding this year. He's been kind of, it's like, you know, he just does his thing like he does every week. He gets the job done. I have him in fantasy, so I do love him as my quarterback. I I was high on Wilson, but I think now it's probably a two-horse race between Mahomes and Josh Allen. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree there. Tay, what about yourself? Yeah, so I was actually high on Kyler in the preseason. I'll bring him up when he talk more fantasy-relevant stuff later. Um, I think it has to be Russ right now. I, um, Like I said, I made that big bold call, that big Ben earlier in the season. But right now, um, I heard a stat earlier in the day that the Seattle defense is on pace to give up a 1,000 more passing yards 
than the second worst passing defense of all time. But that's every single year of NFL that the second worst passing defense is going to have a thousand less passing yards given up than the Seattle Seahawks defense this year. So for Russ to do what he's doing, to have that team at six and two against that bad a defense, I know fantasy wise that actually helps him, but he still needs his team to win when they're giving up 30 plus points every single week. Um, DK obviously helps him as well, but Russ has just been cooking and I cannot go past him. Um, I've actually got a real smoky for the MVP and I'm actually going to bring um, him up and the team up later in the uh, bold predictions. I've actually got Delvin Cook as a really, really big smoky. Love so it. Have, have a look at this. So the team started one and five. Um, they've won their last couple to get back into the actual playoff race. I've actually got them making the playoffs at nine and seven. Um, not t- uh, running backs don't often win, but if they get back to the playoffs from where they were and Delvin does the kind of numbers he's done at the moment, that, that is going to really, really play on people's minds in the second half of the year. So really have, have a look at him as a Smokies. I would not be surprised if he gets them back into the playoff race and they get there. That's going to be a huge motivator for people when they're picking an MVP. Yeah, I mean, I've got him in my fantasy team. In the last two weeks, he's won me two, two matchups in a row. I mean, you know, this week he had 37-odd points. The week before that, he had over 40, 45-something, 46 points, something like that. He has been a beast. And like you said, they had a poor start to the season. But now they're putting some games together and looking like they could potentially make the playoffs. A little bit like me in fantasy. I started 0-3 and now I'm finally putting some games together. I've got some other reasons why Minnesota might make a comeback, but I'll talk about it a bit later. All right. Well, let's move on to fantasy then, and we'll jump straight into it. Let's uh, talk a little bit about our teams before we jump into fantasy in general. Might start with your team, Tay, because you were decimated with injuries, uh, you know, pretty much right out of the gates. You drafted Barkley as the number one overall pick. Uh, oh, no, sorry. You parked, uh, drafted CMC as the over- number one overall pick, I'm sorry. And then you traded for Barkley, uh, both of who got injured. <laughs> um, talk to me about your team, Tay, and uh, how have you managed to have a winning record after losing two of the best players in fantasy? So here comes the Taylor Goodall sob story. I still, believe, I still believe that if I had the team relatively healthy that I started with, I'd be 9-0. I drafted CMC, Kyler, Godwin, Ridley, Kelsey, Gibson, David Johnson. I then traded for Saquon to make my team Kyler, CMC, Saquon, Ridley, Godwin. That team by itself is absolutely ridiculous. One week later, Saquon tears his ACL and is gone for the season. That's not bad enough. I then lose CMC in the same week and is then out for seven weeks. I also lost Johnson, Kelsey and Gibson because of the Saquon trade. And I also got Ertz, who has essentially been absolutely garbage and has given me nothing. I, I then needed to trade away Kyler and Ridley to piece my shambles of a team together. Um, and I also then got given Carson, who's missed multiple games. OBJ teared his ACL. Godwin's got injured three separate times. Henderson went down the first quarter in a game. And somehow I'm six and three. Just to make me feel a little bit better, CMC comes back last week and now is injured again. I am also very lucky that I've played some teams week to week 
where they haven't performed so well. So I can't completely claim an unlucky status, but it's definitely a season of what could have been. Yeah, look, I'm not going to disagree with anything you've said there. It has been a rough season. Uh, I, you know, I must admit, I don't want to wish injury upon anyone, but I'm quite glad because you were forced to sort of make a trade for running back and I traded away Carson uh, and got Kyla Murray off you, who I wanted to get in the draft and, and I couldn't. And he's someone I, I was high on, like you, Tay, going into the season and I'm still high on now. Uh, and he, like I said, he's pretty much won me, or him and Dalvin Cook have uh, won me some some games more recently. So, you know, like I said, don't want to wish injury upon any player, but I, um, I'm not going to say I was all that upset uh, to be able to force a trade with you, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, what about you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, my home's Chubba Chub. Just like every year I play fantasy, I always end up in the top three. I'm first at the moment. So <laughs> my team's going, well, going quite well at the moment. Um, I can thank Tay for Jesus, the in- what a humble brag. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy that I'm happy that uh, a few of Tay's running backs got injured because it enabled oh, me to. Back size is a great pod. Yeah, that's right. So Tay, shout out to you, my friend. You enabled me to get my boy Calvin Ridley. So I had to get yeah. rid of Melvin Gordon and OBJ. Didn't hurt me too much because, like you said, OBJ is injured now. He's gone for the rest of the year. Melvin Gordon doesn't really do that much anyway. So in the end, I think He's I might have won that trade. He's possibly the biggest turd in the league. <laughs> yeah. So I had, I had Melvin Gordon, who I was like a little bit high on at the start of the year. But then, you know, I saw the opportunity to get Calvin Ridley and I just knew Tay needed some help there. So, you know, I made it happen. Um, but unlike, I'm sort of like Tay, I did get impacted by the injuries a little bit. Like, you know, I lost my boy Chubb in round four. So he's been out for the last few weeks. So I kind of had to scramble to try and find another running back. So I then, you know, I had to turn to somebody that, you know, could give me a trade and who was there to save me. Taylor Goodall again. Shout out to Taylor one more time. <laughs> enabled, me, enabled me to get Ronald Jones, who was playing well. And then now that Fournette's back, it's kind of annoying. But, you know, Jones played some solid games for me. Um, and I haven't been destroyed too much since then based on injuries. And I think I've been lucky the last few weeks. I've just you know kind of snuck away for a few wins. But at the moment, I'm pretty happy. But this week, I've got a lot of moves that I've got pending because I need a new quarterback because Mahomes is out. So that hurts quite a bit. So that's a bit of a stinger. Uh, and then obviously, I'm, Hunter Henry's killing me at the moment. Like my tight ends are very average at the moment. So I'm trying to get rid of him. But I can't, I need to put someone in there this week. So fingers crossed, once my, you know, my waiver claims go through, my team gets over the line this week. Because then I got to verse Big Sizzle the week after. That's right. I want to bring up something. I need to bring this up because the three of us have a bit of a, a chat going on. And we often talk fantasy in it. Adds, you know, a lot of us will offer trades to each other, whether it's in that chat or outside of the chat, you know, one-on-one. And Tay was quite keen on Devante Parker. Now, you said he was off the table. You said he was untradeable. And then I think a week later, maybe two days later, you traded him. Yeah, well, I need a running back. So What's going I had on? to make the tough decisions. <laughs> and it hasn't hurt me too much because Parker hasn't really been that great since I got rid of him. And then shout out to Tay again, though. He recommended Brandon Cooks. I picked him up off. I picked him off pretty much. I just added him to my team, and the last few weeks he's been giving me some solid numbers. So I'm happy. He's got who's he got this week? He's got Cleveland, so he could go off this week. So that kind of replaces a Ridley option there. But you know, thanks, Tay. That's another person I've got notes about later in the podcast. Man, I've got some great notes. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear him. <laughs> 
Well, I won't spend too much time on my team because, you know, there's not too much to talk about. I'm finally off the bottom of the ladder. I went 0-3 to start the season. It took me a while to get going. Uh, you know, like everyone, I guess, I had some some unfortunate injuries. Austin Eckler, who was I picked, got with my second second pick, was injured. Dalvin Cook obviously missed a game that I really needed to win. And then he had the bye the week after that. So I lost him for two yeah. in a row. That hurt. But finally, I'm off the bottom of the table and I'm making a little bit of a push. I obviously can't really afford too many, too many losses. But, you know, I've had some, some plays that I was really high on at the start of the season not really work out. And, you know, I think we should jump into that and I might kick it off. But I wanted to talk about the biggest draft regret that you picked up, someone who you drafted that hasn't really worked out for you and someone that maybe you're really high about going into the draft. Um, and that player for me is DJ Moore. I, I selected him to be my wide receiver one. And he's, he's had one week where he scored two touchdowns. Um, other than that, he has been very average. Um, for where I drafted him, yeah, DJ Moore, I need, I need more from you. <laughs> there we go. How about, how about you, Tay? So my regret's going to have to be based on trades because, you know, obviously I had to move around a lot of mm. players and things like that. My regret has to be the trade to Saquon. Uh, it took away my huge advantage at tight end and Kelsey, uh, and it replaced it with Ertz, who looks like he should have considered a profession of being a clown. Um, <laughs> I, I also lost huge depth at running back and losing David Johnson and Antonio Gibson. Uh, funnily enough, in the group, everyone bagged Jesse for making this move, but it couldn't have worked out worse for me and better for Jesse in the long run. But hey, that's fantasy. It's a cruel mistress, a getcha. Sure is, but look, let's move forward. I'm six and three, the best league I'm in, so can't complain too much. That's right. Winnie, who was your yeah, uh, draft I, regret? Yeah, so I mentioned this before. I was really high on Hunter Henry, and as my tight end, and he, you know, he's he came back from injury at the end of last season. He had a decent year, and he's just been real average. Uh, he's had two weeks where he's got over five for me, and that's it. And in like a league where I can't really afford to have my tight ends being complete filth. It kind of hurt a bit. I was very high on him. And then there's probably some other options I might have, could have gone with. But, you, you know. Also, you also were quite high on Gasecki, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's then another regret. That's another draft regret. I got, um, yeah, Gasecki as a backup, tight end. Same thing, same story as Hunter Henry. I think he had one or two good games. And then after that, he just gave me nothing. And the one thing about my team, if you don't perform in like one week, you're off my team. I just drop you. I got yeah, you no are you are quite brutal, I must admit. I'm very brutal. I don't if you if you filth it up, sorry boys, you're out. <laughs> so unfortunately I'm kind of stuck with Hunter Henry at the moment. But I'm happy that I picked up Hayden Hurst because he's actually been quite decent as a tight end. So I'm looking forward to having him back. But I'm, obviously this week I'm hurt with the buy. No Bahomes, no Ridley, and no Hurst. So that could hurt me a bit, but I'll see how my moves go. Yeah, all right. Well, how about biggest draft score? Someone that you drafted and has just been awesome for you. Uh, I'll, I'll start again. And mine's a pretty obvious one. I took him with my number one pick, but I, I sort of only bring him up because it was someone who I actually didn't want to draft. And that's Dalvin Cook. There was that contract that, you know, a lot of issues similar to Kamara. He hadn't signed the big deal yet. So there was all sorts of uh, question marks around whether he would perform and whether he'd you know, even, even play, uh, he, even though he said he would. Uh, so I, I actually didn't want to draft him. I was really hoping to, you know, someone else would fall to me. I think I had the fifth pick, drafted him fifth overall. And I almost took Derek Henry, um, which, you know, obviously wouldn't have been a bad, 
bad uh, uh, pick there because he's had a pretty good season as well. But Derek, uh, sorry, Dalvin Cook has worked out for me um, despite being injured for one week and then having a bye when I really needed him. So yeah, Dalvin Cook is is the player that I'm very happy that I drafted despite not particularly wanting him um, with the number my number one pick. Uh, we'll move to you now, Tay. So my best drafted player or players is a mix of Kyler and Ridley. Uh, Ridley in some formats is the wide receiver one on the season right now. And I couldn't have been happy with my projections for him. I, find, I found the gap between him and Julio was always going to close this year. And that Matt Ryan would sustain top uh, two top 10 wide receivers very easily. Kyler's rushing baseline in this league is such an advantage with rushing TDs being worth six points. The TDs on, uh, thrown by the armor were four. He's taken that leap forward from his rookie year that a lot of people expected. And having Hopkins add, uh, added to that receiving core has definitely helped. These two are huge wins for me at the draft. But as I mentioned, I don't get the pleasure of watching these guys on my fantasy team anymore. <laughs> I also wanted to quickly point out that I was incredibly high on Delvin Cook, even during his contract negotiations. I wish I had drafted from a few positions back because I think that would have changed my whole year completely. I feel vindicated on him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Corny? Yeah, so I think for me, big pickup for me, he was the first receiver that I picked up, DK Metcalf. He's been massive for me. He's been huge this year. Currently second overall in wide receiver in regards to rankings and points. I'm loving him. Like he, You can't guard him. He is a freak athlete, super quick, and he's super explosive. Russell Wilson and him have a really good connection now. I was a bit nervous about the lock, the, like the Tyler Lockett, you know, bit of competition there, but I just had a feeling DK he had a big year in his first year, and I just thought this could be his year to step up. And so far, he's got the job done for me. And he did might he, come into my predictions, bold predictions at the end of a bit Did he make the, the play of the year as well? After Wilson threw that interception? And then he chased down Buda Baker out of nowhere. Just easy. Ridiculous. Is that, is that the play of the year? It's huge. It was so. It was it's, just ridiculous. It's been the most memed thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, yeah. Especially during the whole Trump-Biden thing. Like, <laughs> I've never seen more memes oh, about yeah. um, DK chasing him down in my entire life. And it's all gold. Man, talk about... I mean, who you got in, in a race, right? Because everyone talks about... Tyreek Hill is probably, and he obviously backs himself. You know, there was all sorts of things about how he wanted to go to the Olympics and compete in 100-meter sprint and whatnot. Who would you take in a sprint? DK? Or are you going to take the cheater himself? I'll jump in here. I think cheater wins in 40, but DK wins in 100. He he looks to me like what I used to think of myself when I was younger, (laughs) like a steam train. You know, some guy is so big, he gets, it takes a while to get going. Like, I reckon, I reckon the cheater would get off the mark way quicker. And then all of a sudden, you just see the guy from Billy, uh, from Billy Madison just going, yeah, just that's fucking right. destroying Tyreek just for the last 20. And they just <laughs> munched him and just ate him for no reason. Like, just, like Tyreek wouldn't even exist anymore. He'd just be dead. No longer the cheater. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He'd just be a dead cheater. It'd be. Yeah. Yeah, you just get munched by DK. So I reckon, like, you got to almost temper, like, how far that they sprint over. Like, I think DK wins over, a, like, a full field, but uh, Tyree could win over 40. Yeah, I agree with that. And just that just that highlight, you just see him. Like, Russell Wilson's, like, full trying to chase the guy, and DK just goes straight past him like he's nothing. It's just, it was ridiculous. 
So I agree. It's like he's taken 10 yard strides. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, he's just skipping his way there. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Is he well, the new it. Megatron, though? Is he the new Calvin Johnson? Is he the new Megatron? People talk about it. What do you reckon? He's the new one, but you, like he still needs to sort of prove himself for a few more yeah. years. To like, yeah. I even saw like some of the defence they had to put on Megatron like back in the day. He still has to prove himself. But having Russ there, like if you're in a dynasty league, like DK is your top guy. Like he's yeah. going to have a great career. He's just so big, so fast. He's a, he catches the ball so well. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, there's there's nothing to suggest that this isn't going to continue for the rest of his career. Yeah. I must admit, I did like what the cheetah said though when he was asked about about that. He said he he, he wouldn't know, he wouldn't need, ever need to chase anyone down because Mahomes never throws interceptions. So uh, yeah, I, I did like fair. that. <laughs> he definitely twenty five and one. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah, let's let's move on to fantasy. Uh, I guess in general, let's start with biggest surprise. Someone who has really been impactful in fantasy. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone you've got, just we're just talking in general here. Who have you guys been surprised with? Tay, I feel like you're going to mention a, a particular quarterback <laughs> from a particular ch- team that may or may not be called the Chargers. Is, is, this, is, that, is that right? Yeah, so um, you, you don't know me. You don't know exactly where I'm <laughs> going. That's, that's a bit ridiculous to, uh, to throw on assumption. Um, so... I have to pay respect to my boy, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Here you go. Get around so him. This, guy, this guy is my soulmate, and we are deeply in love. And once COVID <laughs> lifts, we are totally getting married. Um, the Chargers running back to Iffy, so Herbert as a rookie has taken it upon himself to completely carry this offense. It's so rare to see a team let a rookie throw so many deep balls and completely trust his decisions. I'm going to enjoy watching him moving forward so much. And having Keenan Allen slash Mike Williams and the other deep threats compliment him so well. Um, yeah, I'm going to probably keep talking about him here. <laughs> I, know I've, I know I've already talked about him, but um, I'm going to try and clean up the jizz from my last comments already and uh, <laughs> keep talking about him. Um, Obviously, the puncturing of Tyrod Taylor's lung was a very surprising situation in itself. Um, And a lot of people didn't actually like Herbert coming out of college. He just looks so comfortable as a rookie, and I don't think that most NFL analysts would have seen it coming. He's taken taken away a fair bit of the pain I've had from losing Kyler Murray and single-handedly and got me some wins, especially a couple of weeks ago when I was 25 behind in projections and he dropped a 40. He's a bona fide superstar in the making and I'm so glad that I'll be married to him soon. <laughs> nice. Are we going to get an invite or what? Yeah, yeah, watch the mailbox, boys. It's coming soon. <laughs> I like it. Who's your surprise, Quiddy? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to have a few. I'm going to say, obviously for me, DK was a massive surprise. I don't think he'd be as good as he has been. So that surprised me. So I was kind of glad that I picked him up. That was good. And then I'm going to say, I reckon also Josh Allen's been ridiculous too. Like he was decent enough last year, but I think this year he's really started to step up his game. He kind of froze a lot better now, but he's still like Tay mentioned before, rushing touchdowns are so valuable now. And if a quarterback just rushes him when he likes that just adds on to his points. And I think he's been absolutely dominating. I don't think he's had really, I think his lowest score, I think from what I've looked at, oh, it was like a 12, but he's had, other than that, he's pretty much had 30s and then high 20s for the rest of the season. So 
Yeah, he certainly he certainly started strong. I think like his first five weeks, he had almost 25 plus. Uh, yeah. And then he had, I think, four weeks where he was kind of around the 15 yeah. point mark. And he had 36 against yeah. Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, and Hodge, and Hodge still lost to me. Even I know, that's so, and then how? Yeah, Hodge <laughs> hasn't won a game in a while, has he? <laughs> He'll love hearing that, I'm sure. <laughs> five in a row, I think it is. Five or six in a row. Kind of. uh, I'm going to go with the running back, and that's someone who I did not know much about uh, before this season at all, and that is James Robinson from the Jaguars. What a, a breakout star has he been ever since they traded Fournette? I mean. Who would have thought that he would have been the number four running back overall? He's been an absolute beast. He's only had two games where he scored 10 or below. And in one of those games, he had nine points. So, and the week that I happened to play him, he had 30 odd against me. So, yeah, look, oh, 25, I should say. So, for me, I wish I had him in fantasy. I tried to trade for him as well. I don't think um, anyone who's got... James Robinson's going to trade him up. I mean, obviously his schedule probably isn't the best towards the end of the season. Uh, so, you know, maybe I can sort of figure out a trade and see if the man who's, I think James has him in our league, will give him up. But uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's James Robinson for sure. Yeah, he's been great. I I, had a, I have him in a couple of weeks. Well, I did. And I actually traded him for Keenan Allen a few weeks ago, which hasn't really worked out too bad. But like I felt like I had to get value from him because I assumed he was just going to teeter off at the end of the year. And you had all those other guys like Chris Thompson and the other goober that got COVID. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, you never actually 100% knew going into the season that he was going to be the guy. So hmm. like he is a huge surprise that he just sustained that workload the whole way. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I'm not too unhappy with trading for Ken Allen, but I really didn't see the sustained... Um, production from James Robinson moving forward. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I, I can see the logic in trading him. I, I sort of mentioned it there as well. He does have a tough schedule, uh, particularly towards the very end of the season. If you make the playoffs, you know, he's got Baltimore, Chicago, um, and then he's got the Colts as well in, in if you were into the finals there. So, you know, you probably don't love those those matchups. Uh, so, yeah, plus I, I can Ken see... And Al- plus, Keenan Allen has my husband passing to him. So. <laughs> That's you, you've right. Got to, you've, got to, you've got to stick with that. Yeah, if you've got that stack as well, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's tasty right there. All right, what about our biggest letdown this season? Uh, I might kick things off here. I've got a few names. I mentioned DJ Moore. You know, that was uh, that's he's been a big letdown for me, uh, particularly. Um, but you know, some other names I might mention is Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's someone who you know, was the clear number one last year and he really hasn't lived up to that uh, this season. He sort of came good this last week, but he really hasn't lived up to uh, where he was drafted. His ADP, certainly not. Um, And then two other names I wanted to mention was Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, he's been a little bit hurt uh, because of the injury um, there. And another player is um, CEH. Started off really strong and happened to be against me, Edward Zolaire. I think that first week he had 20-odd points and has since uh, really slowed down. Um, and he was drafted as, you know, a top 10 uh, pick overall. So, you know, and now they've added, uh, and they've added Le'Veon Bell there. So, you know, who knows about him going forward as well. So, that was sort and of... even Daryl Williams has even taken snaps. Like, yeah. It, it, absolutely it, sh- like, shit mine. 
Exactly. So, you know, I fired through a few names there. What about you guys? Maybe Quinny, you can, you can go and then we'll roll over to Tay. Uh, I think, yeah. So if I think for me, looking at my team and just overall, yeah, Hunter Henry's been a bit of a killer for me. He has been great. He hasn't really performed that well. Um, yeah, I was going to say probably Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been as good, but I think that's just because Dallas have just been so bad as well. So I think that kind of impacts his value a little bit there. But other than that, I guess I could say Aaron Jones, like, you know, free Aaron Jones. He's been, he had a hot start. He's kind of been a bit up and down for me. And then he got injured, which kind of sucked. And like last game, I know he's coming back from injury, but he only got me seven points. And then the week before, he only had 10. So he's kind of let me down a little bit because he was like my, pretty much my first running back off the board. But I'm saying with him, his schedule gets a bit better. So hopefully he starts to pick it up again after he's returned from his little injury that he had for two weeks. I mean, he's been pretty good though, the games he's played, right? Like he's got pretty much over 10 points every game he has played, right? Except for his first his few games, recent. yeah. His first four and games. He, he and did have 40, yeah. 40 points in one game. Yeah, against, against you, me. Yeah. Against me. Yeah. So that's just me trying to just say, yeah, he's been shit. And then hopefully now he'll be good for the rest of the year <laughs> and just dominate. And then, you know, so that's it really. From my from my liking, anyway. Yeah, right. Tay? Jesus, where on cross earth do I start here? Um, <laughs> if I was to look over all my fantasy teams, the guy that you already brought up, Clyde Ebersolaire, is the guy that's ruined mm. a lot of my teams. Uh, I was so high on him because I cannot for the life of me understand how the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs isn't getting good fantasy production. Like, it's, they... It worries me, like if you were a dynasty owner for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you have to worry because if they have decided that they're just going to get Mahomes to throw the ball, they obviously don't trust the running back position. Because mm. like, you used to have um, Damian Williams, who wasn't a great player, but he'd still pop up with insane fantasy games because they would throw it to him like close to the line or they'd give it to him. And he was yeah. a great producer of fantasy points. And Even Kareem Hunt, player. you know, years prior. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, oh, I mean, Kareem Hunt's probably a better player than these other guys and bring it up. But, like, Damian Williams was not a good player at all and he still mm. was getting fantasy production. So it was hard to imagine how Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a first-round pick, wasn't going to go and do at least 90% of that. And it just hasn't panned out. But from my end, I, I mean, I had to stick for my own fantasy team here. It has to be CMC and Godwin. Like I know, I know I've mixed two players in a lot of these situations, but I'm at, like I made the call for Godwin at the start of the year to be the reception leader of the season, and injury has completely destroyed his season. Um, CMC obviously the same. You take him with the number one, expecting constant production, and now he's been injured twice and has played like 2.8 games roughly. These two had very high draft capital in my team as well. So they have definitely been the two biggest disappointments of my team this year, or just in general. Yeah. yeah like I said, everything you said there about CEH, I, I agree with as well. He, uh, after that, I mean, he was great in week one. He was great. And I caught the receiving end of that, uh, obviously losing my first week and many weeks after that as well. What about... Everybody uh, seems to have big, big games against your team. It, no, it, it's just the, the way it is. I mean, like I said, Aaron Jones, your, your man, Aaron Jones... Free Aaron Jones, he had 40-odd yeah, against me. Hopefully so. he gets me 40 this week. I'll need it. Yeah. So uh, any waiver wire ads you guys have been, you know, super high on that you snagged off the, the waiver wire there? Um, Henderson, for me, was a good plug. 
Um, I picked up, I'm assuming you're talking about the whole season. Yeah. Um, I, Henderson was big for me. Like, he's had some, like, he hasn't really had anything that's been ridiculously great because he's in that timeshare with uh, Malcolm Brown and whatever the hell Cam Akers decides to get involved. <laughs> but he's at least been serviceable. He, like, my team has just needed at least someone that gets close to double figures, especially with whatever the hell Melvin Gordon's buddy putting out there. My boy and Melvin. Like, yeah, Melvin's been great. Thanks for that. That's been thanks for that, man. Yeah, it was good. Well, like like Quiddy mentioned, he he dominated against me. He had his best week against me. Yeah, he did. He was that against the Jets when he actually just dropped like two ridiculously shitty touchdowns. Where one of them they were actually trying to run the clock out, yeah. and somehow he bounced off someone and ran for like thirty yards. Like not, none of his touchdowns or anything has looked good this year. But I'll, I'll stick with Henderson as a decent enough pickup for me because. He's been serviceable and get that like 10 to 12 points. And it's exactly what I've needed to get to me, like get me to the record that I have at the moment because it's been really tough for me at running back. So he's been that guy that I've been really happy with. I would have said, honestly, if I'd kept Brandon Ayuk, I reckon that guy is set for a really good finish of the season. I picked him up last week, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, and he had a really good first week. And then he obviously ended up on the COVID list. Mm. Um, I think he's actually a really good pickup for the rest of the year. I'm not in a position where I can actually re-get him because I've got like, four guys on my bench and a COVID, uh, sorry, an injured person in my IR in Carson that I'm going to have to bring in anyway. And not to mention what the hell's going on with McCaffrey. So I can't get him, but I really think with San Francisco's situation at uh, wide receiver, he's actually going to be a really good play for the rest of the year. So he would have been one. But um, I had to go with Henderson for my for my season. Yeah, and I think Ayuk is definitely going to get. He's like like you mentioned there. He's on the waiver wire right now in our league, and I think he's definitely going to get snapped up by someone uh, this yep. week. Probably who, whoever's got the the number one waiver wire ad right there. Uh, it's not but, you, is it, Sizzle? You don't have it this week. No, well, yeah, I, I, you're, I, you're the king of the first <laughs> waiver claim. Well, I've, I've finally strung together some wins, so I, I don't have the number one waiver wire. <laughs> Can I actually jump in? Yes. Technically, Justin Herbert was actually a waiver well, wire pickup. So, so if we've got another half an hour to talk about <laughs> Justin Herbert, that's great. Um, so Justin <laughs> Herbert is a pretty good player at QB. And um, I'm pretty happy I got him. But um, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll, we'll keep the pod rolling. Um, let's, you know, we, we had a podcast together prior to the season uh, kicking off where we had some over and unders um, in terms of total points. Uh, we ran through a few plays there. Uh, CMC, Lamar Jackson, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Tom Brady. Um, it looks like you guys are all on pace to have that your predictions correct there. For CMC, you both went under. Lamar Jackson, you both went under. Derek Henry, under. Kamara, over. Tom Brady over. Um, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, SQ. How good are yeah, we? That's best, up. Best, probably the best analyst yeah, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably throw that out there. Yeah, that's uh, how you do it. <laughs> do you, do do you guys want to reflect on any of those, or should we just just move on? Just I reckon we go some more. Just, let's just, yeah. Let's All right. Well, well, let let's do that. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll I just want to say sorry. Yep. Um, can the guy on our lead that has Alvin Kamara just trade him for me? Like, you don't need him. You're like second last. You're not making the playoffs. <laughs> After Aaron Jones and Hunter Henry, give me, give me my boy Kamara. 
I need him. He's probably not going to take that trade after you've written off Hunter Henry this whole podcast. So he won't listen. He won't listen. As a person who's in a position to make the playoffs, uh, please hold Elvin Kamara. That'd be great. Uh, all right, well, let's, uh, we'll do some more over and unders now. We might do this a little bit differently. Instead of uh, talking about overall total points, I thought we'd do position rankings. So uh, we'll look at where the players currently rank uh, and then we'll give, you guys can give an over or under whether you think they'll um, you know, be over that or under that. So uh, we might kick things off straight away. I've got uh, six players here I've just um, randomly selected. <laughs> oh, have you? Uh, so... We'll start with a player that both of you had. Uh, Quinny, you now hold on to him. Oh, yes. That is Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons. He's currently at wide receiver four, uh, the fourth overall wide receiver. Uh, Quinny, because you have him now, we might start with you. Will he be over or under this or will he be exactly that? I'm going to say, I reckon he might be... Um, over that, I reckon he might drop a bit because he's been injured a bit. I think like Julio Jones is getting uh, is getting you know uh, a lot more touches now. He's been good, so I think yeah. So I think he might not be fourth at the end of the season. All right, going with the under there, uh, Tay. Yeah, so I was so in on him earlier in the year, like we all know about it. Um, for wide receiver four, especially if how bulked up that position is. I don't want to go six for six of uh, me and Quinny agreeing, but um, I'm I'm going under. Um, sorry, can you cut this? Did he say under? I can't even... I didn't hear. Yeah, I said under. Yeah, I said, said under. under. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said under? Sorry, yeah, just cut that. Um, yeah, I'm going under. Um, I think Julio Jones is, is going to take a lot of, uh, like, you know, receptions off him. He looks like he's back and he's not... You know, he doesn't look like he's holding any injury designation. Um, I, I do like Matt Ryan later in the year. Like, he's had some absolutely sack of shit games during the year, and he's actually killed me in some leagues. But going forward, like, wide receiver four is a really high ceiling for him, especially when he has Julio there. So I would put him under, but I still love Ridley going forward. He, he is coming off an injury too. He had yeah. that foot injury where, you know, he acted like it was the worst thing in the world, but I don't think it turned out to be. Yeah, I know. What a stitch out. Last, our last week. So, yeah, it wasn't great. And I've got Ridley in a few leagues too. So, I would say under wide receiver four. I think you just have to in general. But, I mean, I, I still see him as a top 15 guy moving forward. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll move to a quarterback now. And, you know, I had to throw him in there. Taze talked about him. For most of the podcast, he's getting married to him um, at a date to be confirmed. And that is Justin Herbert. He's currently quarterback nine. That's his current rank. Uh, over or under? Tay, you can begin this one. Uh, well, are you sure you want his, you know, all these jizz stains all across the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the car at the moment? Um, I... I'll take you back to when I first sort of realized he was going to be a good fantasy pickup. And it was sort of just after his buy. And I realized he had just an absolute phenomenal... Actually, sorry, it was before that. It was when he had Saints. And everyone saw the Saints as a bad matchup. But the Saints are so good at defending the ground that I just figured that he was going to have to throw. 
And he goes out and he busts out a 32 in fantasy. And then he has a bye. And everyone just thought it was a mirage. And I was all over him. I ended up trading for him in the league. And I picked him up in every single league I could possible. And since then, he's gone 45, 26, and 28 in his next three games. He, he has the absolute license from every part of his coaching staff to just absolutely air it out. He's been finding Keenan Allen. Like, this is the problem everyone always had with Rivers and then Tyrod at the start is Keenan Allen is their best wide receiver by an absolute mile. Why not just throw it to him? Just give him a chance. Just throw him 14, 15 targets. He's going to get good work. And that's what Herbert's doing. And he's making the most of a very good receiving core. So I'm, I can't possibly see how he's low, low, less than QB9 moving forward. He's got a little bit of a tough matchup for Miami. But after that, he's got the Jets straight after Miami. He's got Buffalo, who are very susceptible in their secondary. He's got New England, who just gave up 30, I think it was, to Flacco. <laughs> Flacco was an absolute sack of shit. Plus, <laughs> Flacco is garbage, and he still found a way to throw three TDs. Then he's got Atlanta, the Raiders, and Denver. They averaged 28 between them against QBs. So... If you say he's going to go under nine, I'm sorry, that is ridiculous. But the floor is yours, SQ. Yeah. Are you going to have a ridiculous statement here, Quiddy? Or are you going oh, to I'm going to have the biggest ridiculous statement ever. And, uh, he, I agree with Tay. He's definitely <laughs> going to go over. He's going to go way better than that. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying, I was looking at his schedule. Tay just mentioned before, that's a very, that's a good schedule. Like you mentioned Miami are a bit tough, but they're still, I still feel like those, they're both going to be throwing it a lot. So I think him and Tua are just got to air it out. So I think he's more than capable of getting those points. Again, the Jets just suck. That's all I need to say about them. Buffalo, again, there are, there are a good defense, but like Tay said, their secondary is not as good as, you know, what it used to be. It was Buffalo's a lot better last 20th, year. Sorry, Colin, Buffalo is 20th against QBs. There you go. Um, Miami is the highest ranked out of pretty much all of them, and they're 14th. Oh, well, I still think he's got a ball out. And then, like, New England, they're not the same anymore. Atlanta, they can't play D at all. Uh, Las Vegas, same sort of thing. Nah, I'm not, not, they don't scare me at all. Same with Denver. The Chiefs as well, their secondary isn't amazing either. So I feel like, yes, he will definitely be over. So staying with Herbert for just one second... Maybe I'll, I'll ask you guys this question as well. Obviously, he's a, he's a rookie quarterback and there's been a number of rookie quarterbacks who have come into the league this season. If you're a, a general manager of an NFL team, who would you prefer to start a franchise with? Herbert, Burrow or Tua? Um, I'll take that first because you would assume that I would 100% take Herbert, which I still will. But... What Burrow's had to do under so much pressure is really, really, um, I appreciate it. Like, he has the worst offensive line I think I've ever seen. Like, he is, he is under so much pressure every single week, and he still does what he does. Like, he's turned T. Higgins into an unbelievable receiver. Um, I would have Herbert first, but not by a lot. Like, Burrow, this... Um, QB class is going to go down as one of the best I've ever seen because I'm big on Tua too I don't think he's as accomplished straight away as Herbert and Burrow are but I think he's going to turn into a great quarterback as well so I would rate them Herbert, Burrow, Tua 
But I just think in general, this class is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, totally. I'm just going to mix it up. I'm going to say Burrow first, then Herbert, and then followed by Tua. Just because, like Tay mentioned, Burrow's successful in college, comes to the Bengals who are just stink, and, they, and he just gets them over the line. They're still playing well. He gets his receivers. He makes them look a lot better than they really are. And looking at his fancy numbers, he's had some big games too. So I think you'd be happy with either, and I'm just going to mix it up just for the sake of it. But I'm just going to go Burrows first. Yeah, and someone who I'd like to see as well, he, he plays behind Carson Wentz, is Jalen Hurts. He's obviously not yeah, on that mm-hmm. same, same level, but I mean, really, I feel like he deserves a shot. Like, Wentz really hasn't been that great. I mean, Philadelphia, they haven't had an amazing season. And that so. division sucks, and yeah. they could still make the playoffs. I'll, I'll say one thing about that situation is, if Wentz goes out with all his receivers back, because it looks like he's going to get pretty much all of them back except for Deshaun Jackson. If he goes out there and he has Miles Sanders, um, uh, bloody uh, Fulgham, who's taken a step forward, he's got Alshon back. Um, if he's got everyone else and he still can't get it done, I think that might be the thing that stops him. I think the Eagles probably in their general office have always felt like Carson hasn't really had the people to throw to. So he's mm. always had that ability to sort of keep the job because they don't think that anyone could have got it done. But if he's got everyone there, like even he's got Dallas got it back too um, in tight end. If he's got like pretty much everyone back and he still can't get it done against the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Hurts. Uh, I, I would like to see Hurts too because I think Carson's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. <laughs> Love it. All right. I almost thought about picking him up this week, Tay. I need a quarterback. He's not a bad player this week. I just would like to wait and see because I don't trust him. Like the yeah. guy is just a Ronald McDonald look like and he's got a sad <laughs> He's had some big games, but I don't trust him that yeah, I didn't end up going it, but I thought about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it wouldn't be the worst play in the world, but I just don't see his ceiling there because I just don't trust him throwing to anyone. I, I'm a huge Jalen Rager fan. I've got him in Dynasty because I reckon he's going to have a great career. Uh, but with Wentz, the way he's playing at the moment, it feels like he's got a blindfold on and he just pegs it out there. <laughs> like, it's either going to be an interceptor or a touchdown. You just don't know. So, yep. Totally. Yeah, I'm just not 100% sure. Does love to throw an interception. All right, let's uh, keep moving on with our over-and-unders. Uh, this is a player who I've got on my team, and he's been someone who's been so hard to decide whether I want to start him or whether I want to keep him on the bench. And that is DeAndre Swift. He's currently running back 23. Uh, He's sort of fighting it out with Adrian Peterson for that number one spot in Detroit. I don't know why they don't just give it to him, you know, if if I'm Detroit. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? He's running back 23 overall. Quinny, you can keep this up. Uh, He's 23 at the moment. I don't know if that's going to get any much better. I'm not really that high on him at all. So I think he's got to stay with his own. I think he'll stay around that range in his position rank. Like I said, I don't really watch the Detroit games, but I don't really have any of them on my radar there, any of their players. Unless I had Galladay, the receiver, I'm not really sold on anybody else. I don't know. I think he's probably just going to float around there. Yeah. Tay? Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, SQ and I seem to have a very similar way that we look at things. I'm, uh, well, I'm it makes sense, Tay. It makes like, sense. 
because I, I can sort of have, I can see him having these like half decent weeks where like, oh, he's, is he the guy? And then all of a sudden going back to the timeshare, right? If you had asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said, I would have said over for sure. Like, as in he would have been a better play than 23. But I saw him go back to this three-headed piece of shit timeshare last yeah. week, and I just don't see it changing. Like, mm. I don't really like any of the running backs at Detroit. Like, AP is so old, and he's not really doing anything. And no one can really take advantage of it. Like, you've even got Carry On Johnson. I'm Carry On My Wayward Son. <laughs> um, he, he sort of, like, pipes in in the passing game. So there's mm. no, like cap for anyone like there's no one you can say he's going to get this amount of uh rushing and this amount of receptions because it's always someone else sort of takes it away from him each game so i'm going to say like i'll make a definitive point that he's going to be less like he's Mm going to be more around the 29 30 yeah i agree a very tough player to decide whether i want to start in that flex position or not. I just yeah. hate the backfield. I just hate the mm. backfield in Detroit in general. Like, it's just... I mean, it's it's pretty similar to J.K. Dobbins' situation or maybe exactly. a little bit like Zach Moss as well. Uh, similar. Um, he's probably sort of broken away a little bit in more recent weeks. But I, it, I would put Zach Moss ahead of all of them. Um, mm. You're right with the Ravens. It's very similar. Because you're always going to get that one week you're like, oh, this is the guy. Like, last yeah. week... So the week before the last, we everyone just thought J.K. Dobbins was the guy all of a sudden, and mm. then he just wasn't. And then you still got Ingram to come back in that team. Yeah. It's, it's just one yeah. of those backfields that I just want to stay away from. Yeah, that's what I'm doing this week. I'm getting rid of Dobbins. <laughs> of course you are. One week and they're out. <laughs> I do yeah. have Moss though. No, that's, that's true. That's true. I'm keeping Moss for another week. All right, well, good. I'd stick with Moss. We'll keep rolling. Uh, we'll go back to a quarterback now. And this is someone who we looked at prior to the season for our over and unders for total points. We'll focus on his, his ranking right now. He's currently quarterback eight overall, and that's TB12, Tom Brady. Tay? Um, I think eight. Well, I liked him in the preseason because a lot of people were ranking him outside the top 12. Um. I don't think I'd be going over eight. There's just so many good guys in there. Like, you look mm. at Mahomes and Russ and Josh Allen, and then, you, like, I've got Herbert in there. Like, Burrow's going to jump in for good weeks. There's so many good QBs at the top there, fantasy-wise. Eight's too high. Like, if you gave me, like, a line of about 13, 12, 13, I may take him above that. But eight's too high. Well, he's going to have games where they just run out of the clock. Like, I know they got absolutely pizzled by the Saints, but they're going to have some more games where they're up early. Um, I still like them going forward. I don't think that game is going to completely ruin their season. They're going to have some games where they're going to need to lean on Fournette and uh, Jones just moving forward if they're up mm. 14-0. They're just going to all of a sudden hand off. Um, it's, it's an Arian system that... I know they've got a lot, like, I don't know if SQ is going to make the point about how good their wide receiving core is because I completely agree. But I just think they're going to have so many situations where they need to run the ball that it's going to stop Brady from being a top eight quarterback. Um, it's just too high for me, so I'm going to take under. Quinny, you you going to agree with Tay there? Yeah, so like Tay said, yes, he has some stud receivers, um, but I do agree with the fact that they're probably going to have games. Well, against the Saints anyway, they ran the ball like three times 
and that was it. And they got absolutely torched. So I think they've got to probably, going forward, they'll probably have quick starts and then I reckon they'll start running the clock down a bit more. So yeah, I agree. I'm saying, yeah, under. All right. Uh, we'll go to another quarterback, another player we spoke about. There's got to be one that me and SQ completely disagree on. I was thinking pre-season you agreed and now you agree on all these. So hopefully this this is going to be a play you guys disagree on. Uh, And that is Lamar Jackson. He's currently quarterback 11 uh, in the rankings. He had a pretty good game uh, this past weekend, sort of bounced back a little bit. Um, What do you guys reckon? Maybe, Quinny, you can kick this one off. I'm hoping you guys disagree on this. Uh, <laughs> so you said he's ranked 11th at the moment. Quarterback 11, yeah. Yeah. So I was lucky enough that the guy that I was playing had Jackson on his bench. So he had Brady started instead. So because Lamar didn't start, it probably helped me win my matchup. Um, but look at his schedule. Patriots again, I think they're beatable. Their, their defense isn't that great. Tennessee are tough. Pittsburgh are tough. And then he's got Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants. So I think he's 11th at the moment, but I think he'll go over that and he'll get back into probably the top 10 territory. Closer to probably, I reckon, that probably between five to eight, I reckon. Hey? It's a no-brainer. He has to be higher than 11. I I took him as an under at the start of the year because he was like two, you know? Yeah. It's at 11, that is too high. Like, if it's like a six... I think that really brings it into play. Like, is he going to be a top six quarterback moving forward? But like SQ mentioned, the, 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 like, you know, the matchups going forward, New England is actually the best matchup he has against the QB. And you just saw what Flacco did. Like, he, yep. he's going to torch that defense. And then he's got Tennessee, who haven't been good again. I know it's hard to work out Lamar based off QB rankings because he's in a great passer. So most QBs of good pass, you know, they have to rely on the passing game. So the actual matchups in terms of QB ratings sometimes is skewed away from Lamar. But Tennessee aren't great in the secondary. Um, they're better at stopping the run, but I don't think that matters against Lamar because he sort of gets out of the pocket and he's so athletic and it doesn't really matter. Uh, Pittsburgh, again, is going to be another tough matchup. He, like you said, he's got Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants, Cincinnati to end the year. And they're, they're going to need to play Lamar the whole rest of the year because they're not in... Last year, they rested him because they were so far in front. Whereas against the Steelers, they're going to need to try and win the division. So he's going to play the rest of the year. He's going to be a top 11 easily. I would say he's probably going to be a top four. Yeah, I like it. All right, well, we agreed look, again. You agreed on everything once again. Uh, we might have to... You got any more? You got any more? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I might have to throw a few in there that, you know, like maybe I'll just have to throw a Saints player that we, we all know is going to go under, but Quinny will pick over because of the uh, Saints will, players. Honestly, if you would have picked... If you gave me an amount of Kamara, like let's say what his average is of the year, I would take under. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, do Kamara? I mean, well, he's currently on... He's currently got... Overall, 152 fantasy points. Uh, he was projected at the start of the year to get 290 points. So over or under that? So for, for 140 in the last six or seven games. Hmm. I, I'm taking under because I made the point that um, I think Michael Thomas is going to hurt him 
because mm. Kamara hasn't really proved to me that he's guaranteed rushing yards. Like to me, like they had no Michael Thomas, and I can't guarantee that Michael Thomas just doesn't go down injured again next week. Like, I really can't project that. But they really relied on Kamara in the passing game. Like they were just dumping off to him all the time. And if they've got Thomas and then Sanders out of the COVID protocol, I think they're gonna like Drew Brees is gonna look forward instead of sideways. And from what I've seen too, is teams are gonna eventually sort of figure out that they're always going to Kamara. So that's gonna open up the downfield a little bit because they're gonna be like, well. Breeze is always dumping off. Let's just put a guy on Kamara the whole game. Um, I'm not saying, like, don't hear what I'm not saying. Kamara's going to be a good player. Like, he's going <laughs> to he's going to average 14 to 16, 17. But I'm still going to take under on that because I just think that some of his game scripts were completely skewed by the fact that they had to go to him. Yeah. And like, Latavius Murray always is going to cut into his rushing yard. That's right. That is right. Well, it all comes down to this. <laughs> all right. I'm having a look at his schedule. San Francisco, 49ers. Atlanta, suck. Denver, average. Atlanta, suck. Philly, suck. Kansas City Chiefs, they're beatable. Oh, Minnesota, a little bit harder. Carolina Panthers to finish. I'm just going to say he's going over to mix it up. I'm going over. I love Kamara. Finally. I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. I know Michael Thomas and Sanders are back. That still, that will hurt him a little bit, but he's just too, he's so good. Give him the ball. Give me some AK action. I'm saying he's going over. His schedule gets pretty good towards the end of this season. I'm doing it. Mixing it up. And look, I agree. Like I know Kamara's awesome and he's completely blown out any expectations I had of him. I know I picked him over at the start of the year, but he's been even better than that by a mile. I just think in general, like there's going to be a change in that offense a little bit, and Breeze is going to need to throw forward instead of sideways a bit. So I would take him unders in terms of what he's getting at the moment, but that doesn't mean I think he's a bad player. I just think he's going to get a little bit less than what he's getting. Yeah, there we have it. Finally, you guys disagreed. I, I just it. need the dude to trade him for me, the dog. He's <laughs> might have, you, might have to, exactly. you might have to offer a bit more. Uh, all right, well, look, let's uh, bring the podcast to a close with a bold prediction each. We did this last time as well, but let's give a new bold prediction, one each. Uh, it could be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a player you've got on your team. It could be anything. So one bold prediction each. Tay's the guest. He's our correspondent. We'll throw to him first. What's your bold prediction for the remainder of the season? So I'm going against what you're saying in terms of one. I'm just going to make two, but I'll get from quick. Yeah, you're the, you're the guest. You can have time. two. <laughs> so I've got a real-life prediction and a fantasy prediction. Um, so first, I think the Vikings miraculously make the playoffs, which I'd mentioned earlier. I think they finished 9-7. and seven. After starting 1-5, and five, and I think it's going to bring Cook back into the MVP consideration. I think their defense is getting better after a terrible start. They they had a lot of turnover with plenty of young guys there and the team is working it out and they have great mix of leaning on Delvin and also having Thylan and Jefferson to pass to if they have to. So I'm sort of mixing between them making the playoffs and Delvin actually being close to making MVP. I know it's not so much bold because I'm not 100% saying they're going to get it. 
Um, I, I, I'm going to make the bold prediction they make the playoffs. I'm just saying that if, you, if you're a betting man, I'm sure Delvin is paying an absolute shit ton to be the MVP right now. Like, no one's, no one's even talking about him. So I think he's that guy that would be a bold prediction. Uh, for fantasy, uh, I think SQ is going to love this. Sorry to, sorry to cut in Tay there. He's, he's, he's currently $61. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> I think he makes a huge plunge into it. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to get it. I just think if they make the playoffs and Delvin's doing what he's doing now, that's going to be just very telling. Um, like I said, for my other fantasy ball prediction, SQ's going to love it. Um, I believe he's on his team, and he mentioned earlier that he is. Uh, I was a huge believer in Brandon Cooks in the preseason, and I always mentioned that I thought he'd only get better as the season went on. I think he's a I think he's a top 12, uh, 12 wide receiver for the rest of the year. Watson is getting his groove with with this team, and seems to have more trust in Cooks and Fuller than he did earlier in the year. So I think this team throws a lot and lets Watson cook, like they tried to let uh, Russ cook. And Brandon Cooks um, comes up huge for fantasy moving forward. Love it. Two very bold predictions. I I love it, and I, and I really hope the Dalvin Cook prediction comes to fruition because I, I've got him in my fantasy team and I need him to be at the top of his game every week because I can't afford to lose. Uh, I think they're both pretty bold. You know, then to make the playoffs from one and five yeah, that, and him to possibly get MVP yeah. is very bold. You know and what? I, Brandon I'm, Cook's top 12 is actually pretty bold too. I'm tempted to put some money on Dalvin Cook for MVP. $61, yeah. man. Put a sneaky yeah. $20 on there. You've won over a grand. Like Because uh, everyone picks QBs. Like, yeah. no one, it, like, RB is very low chance of getting it normally, but I just believe if they would have made the playoffs and, you know, there was Strong a bit of a off between Russ and um, Josh Allen, which you've got to think has got to happen eventually, um, he's going to be a chance at least. And, yeah, like I said, yeah, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, love it. Quinny? Well, I was going to do a Brandon Cooks one, but Tay beat me to it, so I'll mix it up. <laughs> uh, I'm just doing this one. I just thought of it then. Who cares? Nick Chubb. He's currently ranked uh, 34 overall as running back. He's got to finish the season in the top 12. Ooh, bold. I like it. But hey, you know, he comes back into that team this week. It doesn't look like Kareem Hunt. I mean, from an eye test, doesn't look like Kareem Hunt's really done enough to sustain uh, the lead position there in the backfield. So interesting. I like it, Quinny. Yeah, Tay stole my one, but that's okay. I had a backup one. Yeah, sorry, SQ. No, that's all right. All good. I'm just glad I've got him. (laughs) All right, well, I'll uh, round us out or finish off the pod with my bold prediction. Uh, I have got, and this is a bold prediction I made at the start of the season, uh, similar to that anyway. I'm going to go Kyler Murray uh, will be the number one overall fantasy player in total points at the end of the season. He's currently second, so, you know, he doesn't have too far to go. Uh, He's always got... uh, Holmes to beat, who's currently number one. But I'm also going to go with that, similar to Tay. It's a bold prediction. It's very bold. I'm going to say he's going to be the MVP of the league. I'm going to say he's going to have an even better end to the season that he's had so far. He was kind of in that conversation early on in the season. I'm going to say he just continues to improve, continues to run the ball, continues to score touchdowns uh, in the air and using his legs. Kyler Murray to be the number one overall fantasy player and Kyler Murray to be MVP of the season. And I had him as a very big chance at the start of the year. And if they were to win that division, which is really, really tough, he's going to be a massive chance. So I really like the call. Yeah, great. 
Well, we did it, boys. We've come to the end of the podcast. Uh, look, it's been been great. Any final words, Tay, as our correspondent? No, nah, thanks for having me on again, boys. I really enjoy your podcast. I give, I give it a listen every single time it's on. So thanks for having me on. Um, I'm pretty stoked with the season that I've had, that I'm 6-3 and three somehow. It's been an absolute catastrophic event of injuries. So hopefully I can move forward and uh, finish the year off strong. But thanks for having me. No, look, it's been a pleasure. And I believe you're also on another podcast. Maybe plug your, your Astro League pod as well. Yeah, so Astro League podcast, if you look it up, it's on every single uh, podcast sort of situation you can have, Apple, uh, Spotify, all that. Um, so it's basically a 16-team league that I've been in for a few years. Uh, I always sort of... I've got a segment called Taylor Talk on there. So I know I've started talking about the waivers and it's really hard to do the waivers in a 16-team league because there's barely anyone there. So I've really got to take a deep look into what I'm sort of picking. But um, in general, he just does a very nice podcast about all the teams in the league, all the, all the owners of the teams. Um, it's 100% Australian-owned, which... Um, is actually pretty rare compared to some of the other leagues that all the guys are in. Um, it's actually got a bit of a following from overseas. You know, he's got Love some it. guys from Detroit, guys from other um, awesome. places in America that started listening to. They've obviously just looked up fantasy and started listening to it. So it's, it's, it's a really fun league. It's got different scoring compared to everyone else. And it's just a fun league and we're all really involved in it. So have a look. It's got a kangaroo logo and, you know, it's, it's a really fun league. So to give that uh, podcast a check out if you can. Yeah, definitely. I can vouch that. I've listened to uh, the podcast before, especially the episodes that Tay's been on. So definitely check that out. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on all your podcasting platforms, much like the Astro League. Uh, Courtney, any final words from you before I close the podcast? Yeah, I just want to say thanks again, Tay, for coming on board again for the pod. We know you're a big fan. It's always nice to get your insight into fantasy. And also, thank you very much for giving me Calvin Ridley. I really appreciate that. It really made my season. And I'm hoping, hoping like Tay, that I'll finish strong this year in fantasy. And yeah, let's get it. No worries, no worries Give Thanks for ruining the rest of my day. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, looking forward to moving forward and maybe even doing an NBA podcast moving forward because... I, I can't wait for that next season because I think my boys at the Mavs are looking good moving into the future. Oh, definitely. We'll have to get you on when the fantasy season's over as well to do a, a bit of a recap from um, the season overall. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, we'll be seeing you. Well, we won't be seeing you. We'll be talking to you. Peace. <laughs>